What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to catch up with Lucas of Holding Absence over Zoom video. We had Lucas on the podcast a little over a year ago, right around the time they released the Lost and the Longing EP, the split they did with Alpha Wolf. So we kind of recap on our first conversation, but if you really want to get Lucas's backstory, check out the first interview we did with him. But this time around, we picked up right around where we left off with the Lost and the Longing EP. He talks about what the band's been up to since then. Lucas talks about the life changes that have really happened within the band in the past year. And Lucas tells us all about the new Holding Absence album, which is called The Notable Art of Self-Destruction. You can watch our interview with Lucas on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with holding absence. Uh, yeah, you had just released the split that you guys had put out. Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of where the conversation ended was at that split, and you guys have done, I think, another album, or two, and then you're another, and then another album's coming out. So a lot, a lot has uh, transpired since yeah, since we chatted last, which is amazing. Well, it's good to see you again, and thank you for having me as well. Of course. Um, yeah, so, you know, the, the vibe is it's about you and your journey in music since we've already chatted, and people can go back and listen to that so you don't have to repeat yourself. Um, but we'll just kind of catch up or t- touch on that stuff real quick, and then uh, I want to hear about what's gone on in the past year. So, cool. um, yeah, born and raised uh, Wales area, correct? Yes, yes, indeed. Okay, talk to me. Tell me a little bit about that. It was a small town. Can't remember. So yeah, so it's actually quite poignant you you've brought this up because um, I've just recently moved from the capital city of Wales back home to my little village in Pontypridd. So oh, wow. um, it's and yeah, and I think it's it's nice because I think last year and like like we said since we last spoke, like we've toured an insane amount and and I've seen the world since we spoke and like I think it's really nice because I'm from such a small humble little village that like. The bigger the world out there feels, the more I enjoy the world back home. You know, it's like it's like from one extreme to the other in, in a really good way, you know? Yeah, there's probably something comforting about being back home. I mean, you've seen yeah. uh, the world and then it's like, but I still kind of dig where I... You For know, sure, roots. it makes you value. It's, it's like almost, you know, going to a show and then coming out and just, I don't know, going somewhere peaceful rather than, you know, somewhere really loud. And You know, life is about the quiet and the loud. But I'm kind of glad that I don't go from one loud life to another loud life. <laughs> yeah, sense. yeah, I bet. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you come from a uh, not a musical in the sense of playing household, right? But uh, your parents are music fans. Didn't they go to like the uh, Leeds uh, concert or that? The, yeah, that Nirvana Red did, and like Night the, too. Yeah, 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 Red and yeah, Night too. Yeah, 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 with yeah, the, their Nirvana album, right? Yeah, man. So yeah, that once again, that's um, that's always been a very important part of my my life side of music and inside of music is you know i'm very fortunate you know whenever i come home from a tour my my parents talk to me you know my my parents will talk to me about other bands in the scene now because 
you know, like we'll be playing and they'll be like, oh, that new Boston Manor song is good or whatever, you know. Oh, and it's wow. funny because it's, they, it's yeah, they know like all these hipper bands. Through, yeah, and, it, and it's cool because I think there's this like, there's always, I, I think music is one of the few passions in life you can't stop having, you know. It's, mm -hmm. it's you live or you, you live by music or you don't, you know. So, so yeah, so it's been really, really fortunate growing up. It was always really good to have music in the house and to have, parents who would always encourage that but also now is you know we're on the other side of things and I'm the one in the music scene you know like they were back in the day they would have listened to Fugazi or stuff like that when it first came out and now all these years later you know it's nice that I can almost show them what the music scene is like now all these years later which is really really cool Wow, that's awesome that your parents were that cool, though. I mean, to like go to I know. Nirvana play and then like yeah, get into Fugazi. Like a lot of it, it wasn't just the pop radio or whatever was happening at the time. It's like they were, <laughs> in yeah, it, for sure. Right? They were I mean, the cool bits. Yeah, they yeah, were. Yeah. I mean, yeah. seeing Nirvana in '92, that's huge. Well, the, I mean, I think the coolest thing is um, I found out years ago my my mom went to see. I think it was the Pixies playing in London and I think it was their first ever London show and I read an interview with Tom York from Radiohead and he was like I remember seeing the Pixies play their first ever London show and it was brilliant and I was like my mum and Tom York were in the same room at one point you know what I mean like so it is really cool yeah so. that's crazy is there anyone that's like aside from that one maybe or now like you do you come home from tour has there ever been like a band like there that your parents have turned you on to now that maybe you hadn't heard that was new you know what I mean? Like you're like, come on. Yeah, I know. Mom's like, oh, have you checked out this blah blah blah? They just got signed to. You know, <laughs> no, no, no. Luckily, no, I'd, I'd actually be a bit ashamed if they were that far ahead of the curve. But um, but I think actually, uh, just just to kind of conclude this kind of little mini point is like, uh, we played a festival literally two days ago, and we went on after Electric Six, and they're the guys who wrote Danger High Voltage and uh -huh. and Gay Bar, and um, it's really funny because when I was a kid, that was like one of the CDs my dad had in his car, you know? And like, you know, the whole album was quite goofy. Um, but, you know, that, that was kind of fun. When you're a kid, it's, it's, you know, if you played me Radiohead when I was a kid, I wouldn't have thought it was cool. If you play me Electric Six, it, it's a bit funny and it's a bit cool. So it's a bit right. more relatable as a kid, you know? So I'll never forget listening to Dance Commander in in the car and then i'm i'm about to play and i can hear them playing dance commander and it's like i met the singer afterwards and told him you know i, I love that album growing up and it's funny i think i think that's the coolest thing about actually loving and living this world that i'm in is mm -hmm. like i keep getting constant like true north moments that remind me of it you know what i mean it's like i'm not an alien in this world this is home for me so every once a week something will happen and, and contextually it'll remind me how cool my life is i guess so yeah yeah wow what a special moment to to hear that and then be like what you know come up to the singer after and say hey i, I would yeah. listen to your record and my dad don't get me wrong you know is it is electric six you know what i mean so you but know still, I, I mean that's still cool it, but it's still cool as hell yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a so, cool yeah. conversation for sure that's amazing um wow okay so yeah, and you obviously we talked about last time um, the band that you're in prior, and a lot of those guys are now in in holding the absence. And um, well, so I okay, guess so let's just pick up kind of where we left off before. You had the uh, the split coming out, and we kind of it, it, like so if we picked it up at that moment, like what like tell me what kind of went on there on out like forward. I guess. I, do, do you know it's crazy because I can't even remember 
just, it's been such a whirl, it's truly been such a whirlwind. I can't even remember when the split came out. I think actually, no, 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 I do remember. Uh, the split came out when uh, we had just, I'm right in thinking we just toured America when I was speaking to you, I think. Yeah, you uh, did. You had just yeah. finished, and, you got back. Yeah. And then you, uh, I, you talked about meeting Alpha Wolf and then uh, I think you guys met on tour, right? Or you played some yeah, shows? Yes, so we did, we, did we did the music video for 60 Centimeters of Steel in Australia as well. So actually, yeah, by this point, I'd actually, yeah, we toured America for the first time and we toured Australia for the first time as well, you know, and, mm-hmm. and basically we came home and played Aching Longing, which was like the first song off that split. Uh, the first time we ever played that was at Download Festival and and like that was one of the biggest sets we'd ever played. So, so yeah, that was, that was really huge. And then I guess was, after that, yeah, we, yeah. Real so, quick to touch on that. Um, was that the first, like how many times have you played Download? Cause I know you played it, uh with your other band before yeah 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 yeah. so that's what's funny i think is is like we we played download like a few times now and including i I think that's kind of why i i'm so proud of it really is because when we played it as we like you know to recap on uh when i was 18 years of age um, uh, my original band won a competition to play download and it was probably fairy tale you know moment but yeah i i always to myself the coolest thing isn't the first time you it'll be the second time you play download you know because uh-huh. yeah you can do you can do things in life you know and that's cool but like having the consistency of doing those kind of things more than once that's that's the coolest thing right you know so so yeah with holding absence i think we played in i think we played download 2017 and i think we played 2019 and i think we played 2022 and yeah because obviously COVID, so i'm pretty sure we're on an on off on off with them scale yeah. download now which is which is the coolest flex to to have because it's it's the kind of festival that you know any band would love to play and i'm i'm so honored that we get the opportunity to play it so often you know especially yeah. being british as well it's like it's like oh our yeah rock festival you know sure so, yeah. exactly exactly and we it's funny that you're not funny but it's so true that you say the second time it's going to be the second time that's going to be the the big moment at download because i would imagine you guys want a contest and then you which is cool, but to be a Who band knows, but, just yeah. selected, right? Instead of like, yeah. okay, there's this, like you kind of had an angle in, right? It was like, okay, here's yes. a contest. I mean, it's huge that you won it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that just shows how, uh, you know, great of, you know, a songwriter and a band you you guys were and are now, but like to be, you kind of had the the goal. It's like, okay, we're going in to win this thing. And then, then you're just, oh, we're a band. And we're being mm. asked, we're being invited to kind of come for to sure. this thing for that sure. we we're always, you know, we we got the chance to play, but it was like it's I feel like it's just kind of a different perspective. And it's them coming to you versus yeah, for sure. you saying, for sure. Hey, I want to do this. And they're like, Okay, you and gotta I, win this thing. And I think the coolest thing about that as well is like having something that felt like the most important thing in the world becoming almost a part of your life. Uh, you know, right. like, you know, like you know, so. So, but it is, it is, yeah, it is very cool. And we love download and, and I can't wait to play whenever they next invite us again. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so after that download, then I think the next thing we did really was the, uh, this, I think it was the Silverstein Amity Affliction tour. Um, okay. So that was really cool. And then we came back again in, what would that have been? April this year with The Plot in You. We're coming back again in September with Census Fail. So um, that's kind of like a big part of our band now is, we're very fortunate enough to be one of the British bands that gets invited to America 
more often than others or you know and and yeah and it's really cool it feels like a brand new lease of life for our band for sure yeah because that but prior to that you the 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 first u.s tour you had done you had just got back from right i mean it, yeah day seeker it, yeah yeah and then you now you've done so much since and it's only been a year and i guess it's back to the download point you know what i mean it's like when we went out there and did that day seeker tour it was like we finally toured America, you know, and now we're about to go out for the fourth time and once again, kind of make that a part of our lives, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's a very big compliment to think that our dreams are coming true often, you know? Right. So, yeah. When it comes to that split that you released, um, the lost and the longing with, with those, the songs that are on that were though, like how, how did, I don't know if we really got into that, we kind of talked about how you guys you met as a band and then you did uh the song together but like forming like creating the the split how did you guys decide like okay i want to, we're gonna put these songs on it or this we're gonna add coffin to this and we're gonna make it a split and then moving forward you have an album coming out like was that a song that you just had because you had just finished the record prior because you had put out a full length not very long prior to that correct yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, especially with the internet just being such a ravenous beast, <laughs> you know, I think you've always got to be creating things, you know, and unfortunately for us, we love creating things, you know, like it's, it's I think that's the best thing about being a musician is you're 50% an artist and 50% an athlete, you know what I mean? Like going on stage is great and performing, but then going home and being introspective and creating is, is a completely different skill set and just as fulfilling, you know? But, um, but yeah, so Coffin and Aching Longing, those two songs, I think basically we just kind of started writing again and just started kind of getting back into the groove of it. And um, you know how it is. Um, I guess it's like pancakes, right? You know, it's like the more you flip, the better you get, you know? And I think with this album, it was a case of like, you know, coughing and aching longing. We were so early at the foot of that, this album process. We kind of weren't really sure what the bigger picture was going to become, but we knew we loved these songs individually. And, you know, an important part of that split EP as well was making sure that there was a duality to the sound from us, you know? So coughing is like a piano rock song, I guess. And then aching longing is kind of like, an archetypal like 2000s post-hardcore song you know um but yeah so but i i you know i think that was a, that was a, a brilliant experience like alpha wolf of legends and uh everybody everybody won in in that regard with that split ep because i think both of our bands got to do something cool sharp tone got to do something cool as well and our fans got to experience something cool as well you know so yeah and then so how I mean, you guys have been on the road so often and doing so many shows and, and playing so often. When do you start putting together this new album, The Noble Art of Self-Destruction? Like when this is coming out, the album's coming out next month, right? The end of next month? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, that's yeah, quick, I mean, right? I mean, for a yeah, year to go by sure. and kind of just having that other album out and the, doing the split and now it's, you guys have been gone for so long. Like when do you start working on this new album? Yeah, that was that was the hardest thing for us was like, um, this is the first time we've done an album as like a full time band, you know, so it's like normally, you know, with the last two records, we would kind of meet up and, and write and, you know, and see how each other's weeks had been and how his work and oh, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like we've just finished the three. Truth be told, I think what what happened? How did we do it? We did. We did. We did the Dayseeker tour and we did the Europe tour and. 
everything was great. And then basically we came home and we said, look, this album, the, I think the thing people forget with albums is, is like, if you take a while, there's still a whole lot of time at the end of it that you are not in control of. So if you're yeah. not kind of being proactive, you're going to be frustrated. I mean, we recorded this album in November last year and it's coming out August. So by wow. that metric, that's like, that's like, you know, nine months of it just slowly making its way to release, even mm. though it was recorded, right? Do you get what I mean? So yeah, so yeah basically- It was finished, but now it's like, you know, you're almost a year later, right? When it yeah, comes right, out. Yeah, So yeah, so you, you've almost got to be doubly proactive because you it's- You have to be like, like an album ahead of an album. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I think we knew that. So we were just like, look, like once we get home, you know, we've, we've got the summer to ourselves, but I think we've got to make a start with this album, basically. And, uh, and that, was, that was kind of what we did. We, we did five-day writing weeks, and we, we really tried to just make, it, make a go of it as, as professionally and as maturely as possible, I guess. Well, um, but, but the other thing I'd say, which was really cool, was like, you know, you, you'd come up with these ideas, and then you'd go on tour for months, and then you'd come back to these ideas. And, then, and, and I think... As, as a very conceptually driven songwriter and storyteller, lyricist, you know, a lot of my work is done away from the computer and away from the canvas almost. It's, it's like letting these ideas sit with me, manifest inside my head and become, you know, like almost like slow cooking, I guess, you know, like, like an idea, it's cool to flash fire something or flash fry something, sorry, but like slow cooking something is a whole nother kind of product i guess and right, and i right. think the point i'm getting at here is to do you know three months of five day week songwriting sessions like very meticulously almost as if it was an office job and then to go on tour for three months look at the lyrics try and piece together the concept try and understand the best structure for those songs in terms of an album's flow and stuff like that i think we were fortunate enough to have you know both both sides of the hard parts of writing an album done, if that makes sense, but in two very different ways, you know? Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense because you, you were having time to spend on the album, but then you would leave, right, for months on and a then just And then you could come just back look and at what? Yeah, yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. kind of re... Maybe you're, maybe so, an experience happens or you if something comes up and you're like, oh, this would be cool if we added that to this song that we already have been working on or whatnot. Or even the fact that music and all art ages differently, you know, some sure. some songs age better than others. And yeah, don't get me wrong, like three months isn't very long to to know if a song is going to age, age well or not. But if you write a song and you think it's the best thing on earth and then two months later you come back and you think it sucks, thank God you waited two months rather than just recording it straight away, you know? Yeah, that is, that is a great point because there'll, there'll be songs that I'll hear and I'm like, eh. And then I'll hear it a few more times. And then like it, it'll keep coming up and I'm like, actually, this song is really good. Like I, the, the, the initial, you know, reaction I had was not the right one. You know what I mean? It was almost like it was like a yeah, slow yeah, yeah. burner, vice versa. Like, oh, this is the greatest song ever. And then seven times later, I'm like, eh, like this I can. song sucks. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it works. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, and I think, I think that's a really important part about writing music is almost respecting that you are just, a person as well you're writing music for people what is your initial response you know if mm -hmm. if this if this song 
grows on you, then chances are it's going to grow on everybody else, you know? Right, right. And it was interesting you said that this was kind of the first album that you were able to write together as a band as like this is the full-time, this is your full-time gig. Uh, I think last time we talked, you said that you were, you were still kind of bartending every once in a while, like somewhere, right? And like yeah, somebody would yeah. come in, you'd be like, they'd have like your band's shirt. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'd have to stop pouring pints to take a photo with a fan. And like, it was yeah, awesome. That's, and that's I, and so I, rad. It was uh, really cool. But yeah. But now, I mean, not having that kind of other thing to kind of think about. I mean, I don't know what it, what it was like for your other band members, if they were like nine to five jobs or, you know, having now more of the freedom to just do music or just write full time and and do this as a full time career like how how has that changed as far as like when it came to the album or even just being a band together yeah it's cool it's you know i will say it's funny because i i don't think we're not that we're an immature grump, uh, group of people in in any way but it's mm -hmm. like i think Sometimes I forget that we're adults, if, they, if that makes sense, you know, because I just feel like, it, because, because we grew up together, right? So it's like, right. we're still the, the same kids that we kind of were when we met almost, you know? But it's like, um, yeah, so that, I will say that that naturally makes you feel more adult, if that makes sense. Like I, I'm doing a full-time job now, if, if that makes sense. Like yeah, rather yeah. than this is my hobby and I'm just a right. kid. Like if, so now it, there's definitely a different energy in the camp and a far more serious and respectful kind of one you know when when we finish a tour and everybody goes off in, into their own lives you know it's it's lovely because like i know my best friends are resting and spending time with their loved ones you know rather than worrying if you know scott's got to work at his coffee shop or if right. you know ash has got to do another job or whatever you know it's like it's 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 nice because it feels like for the first time in a long time there is like an underlying stability to our band, which is, which is really nice. Um, and I think as well, it makes touring as hard as, and as often as we do, I think it makes us better at that as well, because we know it's like crunch time. You know what I mean? Like we've had three months off now to spend with our family and it's great, but we've got four months on the road now and we're going to smash this, you know? And, um, and I think that it's a really interesting thing because I'd never really thought too much about how, the mentality of a group of people can change depending on the circumstances of, of the job, I guess, you know what I mean? So. No, it may, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially in the, in a creative space, right? It's like, I mean, I did radio for a long time, almost two decades. Mm -hmm. so it was like, I remember being on the radio and didn't make any money and I'd have to work another job and I would just do any shift I could that they would give me. If it was, you know, midnight mm -hmm. to five in the morning, you would do that and then go work the other job just to, stay afloat so to speak and be able to do what you love but then you kind of land in this moment if if you're lucky to to be like okay now all i have to do is focus on this one thing like i'm I'm able to like just do this and then you mm. can almost it, it's like like you said you get three months off and you can like kind of decompress instead of like you have three months off, but now you're worrying about like, okay, I'm not really resting because I'm going to this job every day and then I got to come back and then I have to ask for the time off and be like, okay, I'm going to be gone for three months again. It's like, it's just one less piece of the puzzle probably that you have to juggle. Yeah, for sure. And you I know? think it's healthier as well because it's just like, you know, I think you just, you're aware of your life for a change, you know, like I, right. um, I've been watching, I've been watching The Bear recently. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, huh. it's, it's a, uh, Brilliant show about um, kind of about a, a kitchen, I guess, uh, like a 
Chicago kind of greasy spoon or whatever. But I, I worked in a re- the bear. Yeah, I think you'd really enjoy it, man. It's pretty good. Um, but uh, I worked sick. at a restaurant as kind of like my first job, you know. And then I went straight into bar work, like like we said last time. And and I think there's just like a same with same with the you know you work in radio and kind of accepting any old gig and taking whatever shift and just like there's almost a disregard for your actual life because right. you know you're just yeah and and i think you know the same can definitely be said with with being in a band where you don't really care what happens at home because you it's a bit of a kamikaze dive and just like i'll do anything i can to reach this dream you know um and i think yeah it's it's nice because now we're afforded the time to like i, I i've kind of recently been realizing that like I'm always living in a state of bittersweetness because I miss my family or touring at any given moment, you know? Right. And I think that, and I think that's great because it means that I love my life and I love my job, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's not even a job. It's, it's just the, the dream that I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to do so often. But I think, you know, trying to have that balance, I think that has been uh, not the hardest lesson I've learned throughout all this, but definitely the most important lesson. Yeah, no, a hundred percent because you're, yeah, like you said, you're finally, you get to, you know, miss your family and loved ones, but, and miss touring. But when you're home with your family and loved ones, it's not, now I also have to worry about doing this or. For sure. If you yeah. hated your, your home life or you hated your touring life or whatever, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you're always jumping from one state of positive emotion into a negative one. Whereas right. I'm just trying to make sure that everything's a little bit positive and a little sure. bit negative. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so with this album, then every you guys got to kind of get up or meet up, and you said you were doing like five days in a row writing and everything was, like, was that? How do you feel like that affected the this album versus your other ones, where it was more of a okay, we have these days together or this weekend together? Yeah, I think um, there's definitely like I'll I'll say we we are like. An old school. I mean, it's funny because it's not really old school, but you know, we we are the kind of band that records like okay demos, and then you know we'll go to the studio and capture the magic in a period of time. But uh-huh. there's definitely a new wave of musician that is writing and recording an album as it happens. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So for us, that wasn't. We're we're not like that. And I think yeah, there there is almost like an extra, like a like a very unique sort of pressure that can sometimes produce very unique kind of moments in music as well, where, you know, we've only got a week, we need to get the last song, or we've only got a day, we need to get the last vocal take or whatever, you know, there's working to a time limit is, is in a good way, like a positive type of limit, I'd say, you know? Hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so that, that kind of shapes our every experience as we songwrite, because we, we know that, you know, there's always a clock ticking and we need to try and, tap into more extreme kind of answers, I guess, rather than just being like, oh, I'll, we'll record this song next week instead. You know, it's like, no, there is no next week. Let's get the best thing we can right now, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, so that that was definitely like, that is always just a big part of what we do, I guess. But um, but yeah, more than anything, I think this album's, it's, it's very cliche to say this album feels more mature or whatever, you know? But I think having toured, like we played, we played roughly like 250 shows since the pandemic, you know, and like yeah, that is like, it's a lot, man. And like, you know, it, it's like the type of band we've become 
beneath the music is different now. So it's it's about trying to essentially like make people feel that. Like almost like this album feels more comfortable, I think. You know? mm-hmm. which, is, which is a good thing, I think. So yeah. I saw that you said that the I, I love the songs I've heard off the album thus far. And you said honeymoon is the I think you said it was the most beautiful song you've ever written. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, mean, not that I can yeah, but I'm just I, curious. I, I, good judge, I guess, yeah. Um, no, it, yeah, it is I mean, a great song. And I love what you guys do, the acoustics versions of your songs too. Like, I always think that's so rad when a band that, that is like a heavier rock band can do that. Like, it just, it just shows the versi- how versatile you are and how great, uh, you know, musicians you all are. That to be able to do that, to strip a song back acoustic and have it still sound so good. Yeah, that, that is always quite an important rule for us as well. It's like, if, if a song can't be good, stripped of all of the tricks and all of the studio kind of wizardry, then it's, it's not really a good song. It's just a, a good collection of sounds, if that makes right. sense. You know what I mean? Like, and like the best songs for me are the ones that you can, you can play on an acoustic guitar or you can jam out to and have just as much fun, I think, you know? So yeah, so we're, we're always trying to capture that kind of phones need to be good. If, you know, like, and then as long as the bones are good, then everything on top can, can you, you know, you, you will eventually find. But if a song is rotten at its core and isn't actually good, but you're trying desperately to put breakdowns and, and like, you know, weird guitar tones and stuff over the top of it, I think that's like a bit of a losing game, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, so for us, that's always a, uh, an important thing. But with Honeymoon, yeah, I think first and foremost, I always get messaged, I'm always like, uh, what's the pr- you know could you do like a press like um whatever like a statement for this new song or whatever and like sometimes it's just <laughs> yeah, like, like jesus like... christ what do i say this time? <laughs> so, sorry so as i'm say, doing the same yeah. thing <laughs> yeah you're like this uh, fucking this guy song, this song is also good yeah but, um, but no, um, <laughs> this song is also good <laughs> but, uh, but uh but with honeymoon yeah i think it's 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 definitely a very like sensitive, tender kind of moment in our band's discography. And, and I think that's what we're always aiming to achieve is just trying to, I really just think we're always just trying to stretch this band out as much as we can and as healthily as we can as well, you know? And, and I think we've never, we've always had it in us to do a beautiful song that is essentially a love song. Um, but for this album, I think it was, you know, if, if we're going to go all this way and have all these epic kind of heavier tracks, like how beautiful can we go? And we've had a piano song before, you know, mm-hmm. but I think this is far more like nuanced and yeah. like almost like the band is being beautiful rather than just a little piano and a vocal, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. And did you had Dan Weller produce this album? Is that the first time you work with him? No, no, no. So Dan, okay. we've, we've been really fortunate enough to work with Dan for a lot of years, but most importantly, he did our last album as well. So okay, that's this what album it was. I, is, I, I just yeah. interviewed another band that worked with me the other day. I can't yes, Caskets. I just yeah, yeah, I just had them on. Okay. Yeah. I was so, gonna say, legend, I, I, but yeah, they had him for the other album, uh, record too that they did. Okay, that's where that's exactly did our last two nailed albums. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously, yeah, you, he's the go-to guy for you as well. Yeah, for sure. I think there's, um, I don't know, back to feeling almost like kids sometimes, you know, it's, it's always, it's always good to have somebody you, you trust that is kind of cut from a different cloth almost, you know, 
And I, I think, you know, Dan is perfect for us because he's a brilliant, he's a brilliant songwriter, but he's also a very sound maker as well you know and i know that sounds like gib- like gibberish but it's like you know he'll he'll spend hours trying to get the ambient epic swells with us the same way that he'll sit down with an acoustic guitar with us and write the songs with us as well you know so we've, mm. we've got a very we've got a very like symbiotic kind of interwoven relationship um but yeah so yeah we had a blast with him this time that's amazing and you're doing the census fails tour and they're doing that album in entirety too right yeah uh, dude, yeah, yeah that's gotta be are you were you guys I mean, was that record meaningful to you guys growing up? Honestly, not so much. I actually think it okay. was kind of, it, uh, that album came out when, when I was eight. So it's like, you know, it's. Um, oh yeah, I didn't think about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, no, 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 it's still, you know, no. I forgot, you, but, I'm uh, old. So it's like for me. No, no, <laughs> compared, no, but compared to a lot of musicians, we're old now as well, you know what I mean? So it, it, is, a, it is a funny one. But yeah, I think it's been really cool, our, our American kind of uh, conquest, because, you know, come September, we'll have done, um, a tour with Dayseeker and a tour with The Plot in You, who I perceive to kind of be the future of heavy melodic music. And then um, Silverstein, Amity Affliction and Senses Fail, who are three bands that almost paved the way, you know? So it's, uh-huh. it's, it's a real honor to be put amongst, you know, these brilliant bands in this space, you know? It's really cool. That's so awesome. That's funny that you're like, I was eight. Now I'm like, God, I'm old. I was like already like... <laughs> Five years out of high school and that album came out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh. oh, shit. Oh, uh, but that's awesome, dude. So, yeah, you're coming back to the States in September, I think is what I, yeah. I remember. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be what, probably your fifth time back now. What, fourth or fifth? Fourth. Yeah. yeah. Fourth, man. Wow. So, but um, we're working on a, a headline tour as well because I feel like we've we've done so much. You can almost lose yourself to being a support band a little bit. Mm. Um, and I think in the UK, we're a very established headline band, really. So yeah. we kind of want to bring that performance over and, you know, and make sure that our American fans aren't just hearing the same support slot music over and over again, you know? So. Yeah, because when you headline, it's I'm sure it's got to be such a, it's your show, not only that, you get longer time. I mean, you can probably yeah. bring a lot more uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, and I, I think the main thing is, is when you support a band, especially when you put as much as much on the line as as we do when we fly over and spend thousands, you know, it's like, you're almost like fighting for your life, trying to make sure that everyone loves you quickly, you know? Yeah. Uh, so like, you know, so you, you don't really have those moments of like tender kind of music because, you know, you, you, you assume someone will go and get a beer at that point and you've lost yeah. them. So, so there's, there's definitely a different skill to both of them, but you know, yeah, you got to capture them right that, away. It's like you got to get them in the first when they're walking in the door, so to speak. Yeah, right? for sure. And every, I always think I, I'm I'm very paranoid about it, but it's almost like every second you perform is another second you could lose them. <laughs> so every oh. second that isn't great <laughs> is yeah. like you know, oh my god, we're losing them. We need to we need to kick it. You know what I mean? So, but um. But yeah, as you can tell, I'm a very anxious person on stage. <laughs> so, well, yeah. you guys are awesome. You're you're killing it, and what a what a great uh, tour to be on. And I, when you come through the states as a headliner, I want to see you in Nashville. Yeah, dude. I mean, we love we love Nashville. The two, um, I think we played there twice now. Yeah. But um, I've got a I've got a really really vivid memory of Nashville. Um, and this might just be whatever to you, but um, we played a show the first time we played Nashville, and two or three of our friends are from Nashville. And um, we we went for a couple of drinks in like a jazz bar, which was like, they had like a, it was like a kind of weird, like secret jazz bar. And then 
we went for like vegan kind of like burgers at like three o'clock in the morning in some like greasy <laughs> kind of like weird shack, you know? And, and like, it's really funny because like America's so big, but like uh-huh. there are, there are a few moments that I just, I'll never forget. And like, Nashville is is fortunately connected to one of those, which is really cool. So, That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lucas, for doing this again. I appreciate your time. Uh, I have one more question. I asked you this last time, but I'm going to ask again. If you have uh, any no. advice for aspiring artists. Oof. I mean, I always, oh God, you, you could probably listen back to this, this last interview and I would have said the same thing. I, I always say, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about luck and hard work. You know what I mean? So just keep buying the scratch cards, keep hoping that someday a miracle will happen. And in the meantime, keep working hard as hell. Um, but I'd say, you know, maybe the other advice I'd say is just, just be nice. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, I think this industry is full of pretentious douchebags. And I think it's very easy to sniff that out. And whenever I meet someone whose intentions are pure and is just there to have fun and be nice, they go so f- much further up in my estimations than even good musicians. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got to say.